This is a podcast from Rover. Rex Today with NetSpeed. Connecting the country and now with mobile phones. Greetings everyone, how are we doing today? This is Rex Today, I'm Dominic George, we're here until 12.30. Now coming up for you, we're going to be talking uh, ag training in just a moment with Agri-Academy's Alistair Shannon. Uh, a few developments there. Then of course being a Friday, we're going to catch up with our good man Hamish Mackay and talk a bit of sport. It's coming up between now and 12.30. But first up today, Waikato's largest agricultural vehicle training provider, AgDrive, has signed an agreement with Agri-Academy to deliver its award-winning operation training to even more of the agriculture sector. To talk about it, we're joined by Agri-Academy Managing Director Alistair Shannon. G'day Alistair, how are you? Hi Dom, how are you? I'm good, thanks, I'm good. So, this uh, partnership with Ag Drive then, um, what's it all about? Uh, it's really an extension of kind of the offer that we want to make to the, the marketplace. If you have a look at um, you know the content that we have specifically in the dairy sector at the moment. Uh, it's very much focused around the, the person, dairy assistance. Um, you know, your first job in the industry, and you know it's a critical kind of uh, thing you need to learn. You need to know how to operate vehicles safely. Safely, you need to know health and safety, and you know things like chainsaws are also pretty damn useful on uh, on farms. So. Um, for us to actually partner up with AgDrive, it just means that we can offer our customers a lot more. And you know, the beauty is that AgDrive has also become a licensee for us, so they're actually going to be offering our services through them. So Mutually it's advantageous. Really yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. So um, for those who aren't uh, overly familiar with uh, Agri Academy, um, now you basically provide training for new employees but in a sort of an affordable and effective way, you, you, you leave the classroom behind to a, to an extent. I guess the, the the paddock is the classroom or the uh, the milking shed, so to speak. Yeah, and since we talked, our models uh, really been rolling out uh, in a lot more uh, uh, detail to the market. So we have a very good online offering. So if people want to buy an online course. Uh, for anything to do with you know when you start work in the dairy industry or even in the wool wool harvesting industry we've got fabulous online stuff probably some of the best in the world there so people can just buy that online but uh, we also recognize that people want to have a service that is on farm so we've introduced a licensing model so we're actually looking for people to become licensees in a territory they're able to sort of market and sell our training uh, products and services which include all our partner products like AgDrive and they can then offer a sort of a really good range of services uh, into the local community and they can start building that community of learning which is so critical for you know uh, farming businesses and building resilience in the community. Yeah that's right and networks, connections, all these sorts of things, very valuable. The thing about it as well that's interesting is it's a, a training model that's really been developed, as you, you mentioned, the online and on farm, but it's for that generation that gets its uh, info online, you know, on their phones, <laughs> TikTok and things like that, right, Alistair? Look, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I've got a, a classic example, one of sort of our reference farms where we've been offering the training online for about 12 months. Uh, he said to me the other day, this kid has just uh, smashed through the training. He's going really well. What's next? And, you know, <laughs> the time frame for which he's done it is incredibly short. So, you know, that's the kind of outcomes 
we want. We don't want people enrolled in long protracted courses where they're doing things that aren't really necessary. We want people to be getting training that's really going to make them successful and to kind of also bridge that gap when they're in a new employment situation. So if our trainers are out, you know, delivering our training plans in the field, then what you find is they'll have conversations with these young kids and, you know, we'll find out if there was a bit of an exchange, grumpy exchange and you know, we can sort it out pretty early. So the, 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 one of the big benefits, I think, which will come in time is that we'll actually reduce the churn rates in terms of employment and on, on farms, especially in dairy farms. So that's a pretty important thing to achieve. So we can keep more people in the industry and we can train them better, more efficiently. You know, the industry is absolutely going to be the winner out of this. So that's our sole focus. Well, which is great because, as we know, and we've spoken about before, but the problem is that the industry just simply doesn't have enough uh, workers. That's just just the bottom line. Yeah, yeah well, that, that's right, you know, and yeah, our licensees are going into schools and they'll be working with the schools, they'll be finding kids who are interested in the schools. There's a pretty good chance because that licensee's in the community, they'll know the parents of the kid and, you know, you can start dealing with some of these objections we have when people are dairy farming and the in the 90s and it was just a chore um, you know and they don't want their kids to go into the industry but it's different today you know there's a bigger pathway there's more opportunities sure there's hard work but you know the main thing is that we can we can start having those conversations and because you know a licensee probably knows you know the family and the community we're going to have a better impact I think and then knowing that your son or daughter is going to go and, and work as a dairy assistant on a dairy farm and knowing they're going to get a really good professional training um, package to introduce them, that's a big weight off uh, parents' minds because they know they're actually going to get something that's um, going to be a good for the good for their children. Um, so they they can be reassured about that as well. The thing I was going to talk to you about as well, when it comes to you, look, you mentioned the young kid who uh, you know did the online bit and flew through it, and look, it's it's we've got to get our heads around sort of people that uh, you know grew up before uh, the internet. Um, mm-hmm. Is is that that's just the way? Uh, I mean, these kids they don't know anything else. It's just that's just the way that they that they learn. So it's uh, it's yeah. you know that part's just vitally important, isn't it? Why teach them in a in a way that's to a degree foreign? Yeah, and quite frankly, you know, kids are smart. We've always said this, you know, and they'll do things if they're motivated, they'll do things quickly. And, you know, if you if you want to just stick them in an old plotty system, then that's when you lose them. So try and give them something where they feel like they've got stuff early and they've benefited and they understand it and they don't feel like, a, you know, it's a classroom environment and all the things that kind of turn kids off. Give them something that's going to be, you know, of value to them straight away and something they're useful to. So that's why we've done a lot of videos, uh, you know, not just, you know, shot on an iPhone kind of thing, you know, they're shot really professionally, country calendar directors, you know, they're really good stuff. But that's what you've got to give them. And they can do that, they can fly through that, they can just get so much knowledge so so much more quickly. And then, you know, the, the challenges still remain getting them out of bed in the morning because it's tough because they're teenagers and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. you know, equally, this applies for people that are, you know, falling out of the building and construction industries with the downturn, you know. But, you know, a job on a dairy farm as a dairy system, it's a great career pathway uh, for you. So... Um, you know, the, the learning and the online learning is really designed for many types of learners and from many different backgrounds. The, the net result is that the dairy industry will benefit by actually having a better way to introduce people 
to the sector with better knowledge. They know what they're getting in for, and they've got a good way to understand, okay, well, this is what I'll be doing in my first you know, three months on the farm. That's all good. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and the other thing, look, I was a bit... It's hard for me to not be disparaging when I say, you know, sort of the TikTok generation or whatever, things like that, uh, you know, sort of snigger or whatever under your breath or whatever. But the reality is that, um, look, I was just reading a story the other day about uh, the fact that the live updates uh, for the Auckland weather event that we've seen recently... Um, there was a, a bit of analysis done of who covered it and how and how effective it was and uh, TikTok seemed to be the, the winner because that's quite simply how people are consuming uh, their media, rightly or wrongly. Um, you can have an opinion either way on that, but the reality is this is where uh, kids of a certain age are getting their information. So it's, um, you know, it would be ill-advised to ignore that. Well, that, that's exactly right, Dom. You know, you cannot ignore how, you know, people behave and you can't keep pushing things at them which are, which are not the way they want to behave. It's just basic common sense. And, um, you know, we've got a, a system that's in place at the moment around qualifications which does that. And, you know, hey not working and it's not working in agricultural training that's for sure well now you've got ag drive on board as well so that just uh, adds to the uh, the skills that uh, said students can acquire should they choose agri academy uh, alistair where can people find out more info about agri academy they can just go to agri academy online um uh, just search it you'll find it and um You'll see all the things that we have on offer there, all the courses uh, that are available. And uh, you'll be surprised because it's not only courses, we've also got sort of bite-sized learning as well. So, you know, you can buy a, you know, a crutching course for $45 or something like that, you know, and you can see all the videos related to how you go crutch your crutch and you get a lot of, got of knowledge out of that. So we've made it affordable and we've made it accessible. And then we have other options where we can do some, you know, on-farm training or in shared training, uh, which you know, when we have our, our courses all through our licensees. So we're, we're underway in the Waikato with our first licensee. Uh, he's going great guns. He's a farm consultant, uh, Regan McCorkendale, Rico. And uh, he has got a bit between his teeth and he sees it as being just a great offering for his customers because he didn't have training and now he's got training. So really excited. Win-win. Good stuff, Alistair Shannon. Uh, appreciate your time uh, as always. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Dom. Talk soon. Bye. Rex today. With NetSpeed. Internet till the cows come home. All right, a Friday, so that means a bit of a sports chat here on the program. Always enjoy this time of the week. Hamish Mackay, come in, my friend. How are you? Well, you know, battling the uh, the deluge, which continues in Auckland. Um, yeah, it's been a funny old uh, seven days, to be fair. Bit of a nightmare getting round, I imagine, in the CBD yeah. and surrounds. Yeah, I mean, that's the issue. Is is the fact that you've got uh, you've got um, slips everywhere, so roads down to one lane, so congestion everywhere, you know, and, and a lot of main arterials closed as well. So, geez, congestion yeah. on top of an already congested city. My God, it just sounds like oh. a bloody nightmare. Oh uh, well, exactly. I think that's a fair description.
God, let's talk some sport. Let's take our minds yeah. off uh, off oh, off that, exactly. you, you poor thing, and to everyone else up yeah. there as well. It uh, yeah. sounds horrific. Um, let's look at the uh, the All Whites coaching shenanigans. Um, I understand why Herdman turned them down uh, with the with the Canadian effort. Now, okay, they might have they might have lost um, you know three games or whatever it was at the at the recent World Cup, but I think she I. I think I've said this early on after their first run there. Um, I, I was actually quite impressed with the Canadian outfit. I mean, they had Croatia and Morocco in their group. Those two both went in to be semi-finalists. Um, and uh, they had the Belgians in there as well. And they actually finished top of the qualifying for their particular region ahead of the likes of the USA. So I actually thought that uh, the Canadians uh, did, did really well. So I can see why Herdman didn't want to leave that uh, to come to New Zealand. Yeah, and, and here's, the, here's the million-dollar question. Why would you, when you're the host of the next World Cup or co-host, so you're guaranteed to be there, um, would you want to come and coach a, a country that doesn't even have a sort of firmed-in schedule or you don't know who you're playing next, when or where? Uh, so no-brainer that you stayed with Canada. And uh, another great example after we've had the sort of 101 and terrible communications up here, uh, from the mayor, and then you get this uh, from the CEO of New Zealand Football. We've got our man. <laughs> uh, yeah. We've got our man. Well, you didn't. No, didn't that's have right. Man. Didn't have the man at all. No, that was that was rather preemptive, wasn't it? And then yeah, so yeah, so that's that's what I didn't like in all of this. Um, and um, clearly, there was the headbutting that went on with Danny Hay, where you know where Danny Danny wanted to run his team his way, and this this chap Pragnall. Well, I don't know much about don't know much about his background or anything really. The CEO of New Zealand Football, but uh, today we're sort of it's, it feels a bit like New Zealand Football's future feels a bit like a, the gloomy Auckland day I'm experiencing. Yeah, it doesn't look great. And look, I, look, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the the various goings on, the machinations behind the closed doors of New Zealand football. No. But you just look back and you go, well, eighty two they blew a great chance. Twenty ten they arguably uh, blew a great chance as well to really yeah. capitalise. And, and you know, I look around lots of parts of the country. We've had so many, um, you know, people come into the country from footballing nations with a rich heritage, you know, immigration-wise and stuff yeah. like that. And I sort of, I just, yeah, and look around central Otago, there's such a uh, melting pot of nationalities and, and, and people that have come from all parts of the world with great football backgrounds. And, you know, there's just still, it seems to break down. I've had kids go through the system as well. And there's just a point yeah. where, where the rugby sort of kicks on, even cricket to a point, and other the sports as well, but football just seems to fall over somewhere. Yeah, football has the ability to turn a broken fingernail into open hearts. <laughs> well, you know? Brilliant. Yeah. What's next? <laughs> that's a great way to finish that. I think that sums it up uh, perfectly. The GOAT. Oh, look, to have played that Australian Open, and there's no question that he did have a, a hamstring issue of sorts, but they managed it really well. But the gap between him and uh, second was pretty big, wasn't it? I mean, I mean t- credit to Tsitsipas, he was good. And, you know, there were two, 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 two of those sets decided in tie break, so mm. that suggests there was nothing in it. Um, but uh, Djokovic now, and look, you, you would assume that both the French Open and Wimbledon provide him with very good opportunities. Not sure about whether he goes to the US Open, but he could move one, maybe two ahead of Nadal. Nadal looks out on his feet, you know. Yes, Federer looks beautiful, you know, you know what I mean? He does look beautiful to watch, etc., etc. 
but got one or two of his uh, slams or majors or whatever you like to call them early on when there wasn't the, the sort of three-headed monster around, and then you and then you throw in Andy Murray and Warinka, um, mm. you know, who were you know right up there as well. So. No, that Djokovic take a bow, mate. I, I, I'm very impressed. Well, a three-centimetre tear in his left hamstring, that's the report yeah. that came out, um, which is yeah. extraordinary. And his, and his coach, uh, Goran Ivanisevic, remember him, the big serving Croat? Great yeah. player in his yeah. day. Um, yeah. Bit of a one-trick pony, but it was a hell of a trick. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he said, look, uh, most people would be straight down to the tournament organiser with the X-ray or the MRI in hand saying, sorry, that's me done, and here's the reason why. And, uh, you know, yeah. OK, fair enough but uh, he goes I think he said something like uh, but it's Novak and his brain is different or <laughs> something like that yeah, he thinks yeah. differently or whatever it was but I thought that was a yeah um, incredible performance uh, hey I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to though but it's Six Nations coming up and oh, every New Zealand yeah. rugby fan yeah. Hamish should be keeping as you have said for years and years should be keeping a very close eye on this particularly given there's a certain tournament in that part of the world coming up in a few months ignore at your peril this is the England-Scotland-Calcutta game is the one I'll focus on uh, at Twickenham. Time on a great game, always. You know, you, you, oh, so, gee, you think back to those days of Finlay Calder and John Rutherford and Gregor Townsend and uh, who was the great white shark, the big blondie? Uh, Luke, Jeff, 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 was it Jeffries? What was his name? Je- um, yeah, John Jeffries, who, who was John it? John Jeffrey, yeah, and yeah. David Soul and those guys. Man... That was combative footy. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how this plays out. I would have thought now, if you're using their last outings against the All Blacks as, as a measure, well, of course, Scotland got that yellow card, which pretty much shut the gate on what seemed like a, like it was going to be a victory for them against the All Blacks. And, and England got out. England had that big fight back for the draw, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So I reckon Scotland, I mean, they, they put everything on the line for the Calcutta Cup, and there's nothing better than winning it. <laughs> at Twickers. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. You know. But um, you know what I will say? The atmosphere there will be unbelievable. You know, the outside, sort of around the leafy berms of Richmond and that, what, oh, it'd just be fantastic. Any Kiwi over there now is, you know, just get there. Oh, 100%. Uh, I'll be watching that game. I'll be watching uh, Ireland and Wales. Uh, oh, if we look at Italy, France, maybe the highlights or something like that. But I see that yeah. um, Borthwick's come in and made a few big changes. No uh, room for Manu Tuolangi in the English side. Uh, he's made a, quite a few changes there. He's, I wouldn't say he's taken a, you know, the uh, the big broom to the, to the changing shed, but he's certainly stamped his mark on it, which is probably what you would expect with a new guy coming in in a World Cup year, I suppose, giving some younger guys a crack. Yeah, well that guy is it Marchand or that comes in for Tuilangi in the midfield? Yep. He had a few games for the Blues a while back. uh, Came over one season. Uh, He's got a bit more mobility, but yeah, I I just think the the six, you know, Ireland-Wales will be a hell of a game. I mean, let's see what Wales have got to dish up. Um, But yeah, we we should be watching these games very, very closely. More merry-go-rounds again in the coaching world of international rugby as well. Uh, Vern Cotter stepped down from um, uh, Fiji. Fiji, yeah. And, you know, when you think back to everything that's played out uh, in the Foster era, um, it's pretty much, well, no, the, the second season, remember when the Fijians under Cotter just rolled us up front, just completely obliterated. That's right, yeah. 
uh, and, a, and a couple of tests. She there were some danger signs then that have continued on for another couple of years, another season or two. So um, I'm a little bit surprised by that. Um, what does that leave? Daryl Gibson and Glenn Jackson as the two coaches that are still there with Fiji. But um, well, it might, maybe he says personal reasons. Uh, he might have another offer of a job somewhere that uh, makes sense to, to not carry on because you're, you're not going to win the World Cup with Fiji. You're going to nudge a few. But uh, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. That's the fourth now, though, isn't it? Because we have Pivac from Wales. We've obviously had uh, Eddie yeah. Jones uh, from England. Yeah. Um, there's Rennie, an, from Australia. Rennie from Australia. And now yeah. Vern Cotter from Fiji in a World Cup yeah. year or very close to it. So, yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. Okay. Hamish Mackay, uh, as always, an absolute pleasure. Appreciate it. Over now. We're heading into the Long Waitangi weekend. Just want to wish the sharers for the share for a cause uh, all the best. And now that is taking place at the Wahilo Station in West Otago, raising money for charity organised by Jared Manahira, who we had on the show yesterday. So all the best to those guys in West Otago over the weekend. That's us. Don't forget to check out netspeed.net.nz. Mark and Leah next. Rex today. With Netspeed. Internet till the cows come home.